1: Welcome back, folks. We are joined by Clinton, Rick Hathaway, City of New Orleans, Director of Public Works. He is the new director and the fifth Public Works Director under the uh, Cantrell administration. Uh, Rick, welcome to the show.
0: Uh, Thanks a lot. Good to be here.
1: So, Rick, uh, obviously... um, you're You're new to this position. What do you see as your biggest challenges right now facing you in the coming weeks?
0: Uh, I think one, uh, we have the FEMA program, as most people know, going on around the city. Uh, it's up to us to keep that moving, uh, get uh, time extension so that we can complete the program and uh, you know make sure it's constructed. Uh, as it was planned and as efficiently as possible.
1: Initially, the recommendation by FEMA was to have this as uh, a project-based approach. Um, Your uh, predecessors decided to bring it in-house into the uh, Public Works Department. Once that decision was made, is is there any way of changing that or, or, or modifying that or trying to get more help in, in managing these projects?
0: Uh, we do have a couple of contracts uh, with uh, consulting firms here in the area uh, to provide staff extension. So uh, we do have PMs so project managers who are under contract and they are assigned projects just like city staff would be assigned the projects and follow them through uh, from design on to construction completion so we are uh, taking taking advantage of the consulting community in that way so
1: obviously at some point there was a recognition this is bigger than the Public Works Department right
0: uh, yeah, and, and I think uh, that there's been difficulty in uh, maintaining staff and, uh, you know, uh, keeping them on board. And this, by using the uh, consultants, you know, we're able to kind of stabilize that a little bit and, and not have the program suffer.
1: How confident are you all that you're all going to be able to procure these extensions?
0: I'm uh, pretty confident. We had a meeting last week with the FEMA uh, region director. He came down here to meet with the department and with the mayor uh, and the sewage and water board was in attendance as well. And uh, they are uh, open to the extension. We're, we're good uh, into 2025 as of right now. And uh, they've asked us to uh, determine what what time frame do we need in order to complete the entire program. We're working on that now, looking at our schedules and uh, proposed projects yet to be led. Uh, And once we get that date, we'll present that back to the region. 6th uh, administrator, and uh, he's taking it to Washington and supporting us with that extension. So uh, we feel pretty good about that.
1: Where would we find ourselves right now, Rick, uh, as a percentage of completion of the entire program?
0: Uh, I'd say in the 60 to 75% uh, completion.
1: So over the last 24 months then we we we've made significant improvement and and have advanced uh, quite a bit of, of ways cuz i know that roughly 2 years ago it, it might it was probably less than half of that number.
0: Yeah there's been a lot of uh constru- several construction projects that have been on their way they're uh, quite large projects you know they're affecting neighborhoods across the city and uh we have a couple more that i've just signed notice to proceed uh to get the contractor working on those and uh more to come over the uh spring and summer
1: we we've heard a lot about it's not a function of money it's a, a function of process and getting vendors paid uh is that something that's a top of mind issue for you
0: Absolutely. You know, uh, coming from the consulting uh, community, I've worked for the city, you know, through my own projects, uh, FEMA-related projects prior to coming here, and I know that it was difficult at times to get paid. However, uh, the last few months or the last year or so, working with the city, I I saw it myself getting uh, the checks turned over pretty quickly. Uh, as long as the invoices were prepared correctly and all the, you know, T's crossed, I's dotted, uh, it it was a process getting to that point. And I'd like to see uh, both the engineering community and the construction community get to a point where uh, they're confident in submitting their invoices and uh, we can turn it around pretty quickly. We have a new system in place, and uh, so a lot of this stuff is being uh, submitted electronically, change orders, the uh, invoices, that sort of thing. And I I hope that uh, it continues to speed up the process for our vendors.
1: I know a lot of these contracts are on uh, net 30, net 60, net 90. Uh, I asked this question to one of the council members the other day knowing the challenges that we face, why would we sign a net 30 contract if we know we're not going to be able to to meet that standard
0: uh, well the the contracts are prepared by the city so it's the the whatever uh, is in there whatever the requirements are are the ones that the city expects to meet so. Uh, I mean, that's certainly the goal. Uh, You know, I can't speak specifically about how many are delayed beyond the 30 days, but that is the intention is to get the contractors uh, paid in a timely manner.
1: What would your confidence level be if invoices are appropriately uh, filled out or or produced? what would your confidence level be that y'all y'all are in a position to pay within net 30?
0: Uh, I mean, good. I,
1: uh, I, I, I hear I'm what you're best. saying about, you know, the the attorneys doing this, but there's got to be communication between these departments and the attorneys as to what's real. You know, I mean, in a perfect world, we'd all like to be on a net 30 day payment schedule, but the reality is having done it myself, I know, and being the CFO for the sheriff's office for a number of years doesn't always work out that way uh, especially some projects are a lot more complicated and invoicing is a lot more complicated because of the nature of the contract right
0: uh, absolutely and you know there's a lot of uh, parts to it with the different pay items getting the quantity straight and then that generates the price itself so you know we're dependent on the the engineer to prepare the document correctly and submit it, uh, have the contractor sign it. Once our PM, either the internal PM or the contracted PM, signs uh, off on the invoice, then it moves through uh, the DPW invoicing system onto the project delivery unit. And that's just uh, can be j- as few as a few days uh, to take place. You know, there, there are – uh, issues occasionally where maybe a mistake gets a little bit too far and it has to be rejected and go back to the contractor in order to get revised. Obviously, we want to try to avoid that as much as possible, uh, and that's why it's so important that when this information is entered into the system, it is correct. And I think that uh, this this process, uh, as it becomes more automated through procure. Uh, Will serve us well. Yeah.
1: Well, I think it bodes well. You've been on both sides, so you understand that the continuity of project management, a lot of those invoicing issues go away based on the communications between internal PMs, external PMs, and the contractor, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it, it starts outside, but it's up to us to make sure our engineers that are representing us and the contractors that are working for us understand what's expected, and uh, they complete the forms as requested.
1: Rick, when it, when it let's pivot real quick, because when it came to contracting, there, there seemed to be an issue uh, that was reported on in the news quite a bit on traffic signals. And that a number of traffic signals were out; they, we, they weren't able. The appropriate um, ordering of inventory of parts for traffic signals and, and to be able to replace them was kind of disjointed. Has that changed?
0: Uh, we have had difficulty in uh, securing a traffic signal contractor for. Uh, you know, the repair of locations that are kind of beyond the scope of our in-house crew. Uh, We put the contract out a couple of times and uh, no bidders. Uh, We had a meeting with the AGC last week, and uh, they assured us that they would reach out to their uh, electrical contractors, let them know that it's coming out again and uh, you know encourage them to bid Uh, we also decided to uh, be very specific in this next contract that's coming out where uh, uh, locations intersections are identified where the work is going to take place Uh, we've you know adjusted the the, uh, time we've allowed it to be have multiple time extensions uh, I think the contractors looked at that, and we have a one-year limit right now, but with the, the guaranteed extensions in the contract, it makes the, the contractor a little bit more comfortable being able to order a controller box or a single signal mast arm, which takes months for delivery. And they know that there will be enough time in this contract coming out where they'll, they'll actually be able to order the material, it be delivered, and they can install it all within the contract period. And the fact that uh, we, we've identified the specific location should give them a, a level of confidence that, you know, going into it, they know what they're up against as far as traffic control, uh, location, safety, all of those things, uh, they'll be well informed.
1: Rick, is that one of those opportunities where external uh, project managers would be of value? Uh,
0: We do not generally use that for traffic engineering right now. We have a traffic engineer, and he has a couple of engineering uh, subordinates that work with him, along with our own staff in the sign and signal shops So we haven't really uh, looked at using uh, an outside a and e for that uh we use the outside a and es uh in the traffic section when we're having to redesign uh intersection completely then we involve right. uh the traffic engineers uh consulting traffic engineers for that
1: let's pivot again one of the other issues that I hear a lot about people calling in on the show um road lighting um there is a lighting tax district in the city of New Orleans, right, or no?
0: No, not that I'm aware.
1: So those monies come out of this, the general revenues that are associated with public works?
0: Yes, it's out of uh, our operation funds, but we also have uh, funds for uh, you know storm damage from previous storms. So we're using that money as well uh, to... Uh, repair and replace the lighting system.
1: I hear a lot of complaints, but I think a lot of what I'm hearing are state highways and state roadways. How much of a backlog are we on with the state in repairing lighting on on the roadways that they're responsible for?
0: we, we do have a backlog. Uh, part of what's going on is that, uh, especially on the I-10 corridor from downtown New Orleans towards Metairie, um, the state has a sign installation project that's going on. In order for them to construct the foundations for the signs in the median barriers, they have to de-energize the uh, roadway lighting. So that area is is affected by that. We are uh, we've worked with the state, and they're doing it in phases now, uh, where they they're going to return the, a particular location to us so that we can energize the lights and get whatever lights need to be repaired, uh, corrected. And I think. Uh, we're about to do a closure on one of the sections of I-10, say, from Broad out towards the Carrollton Interchange uh, next week after Mardi Gras, because so they are wrapping up a, a portion of that for the uh, signed contract. So And then that will continue to proceed in phases mm-hmm. all the way out to Mattery and then the section of uh, I- I-610 from like Canal Boulevard over towards Mattery. So that'll be taken care of. Uh, I 610 is from Canal Boulevard back towards uh, uh, where it connects to I 10 near Franklin Avenue. That's just general maintenance that's ongoing. And then uh, there is a portion of I 10 where 610 and I 10 merge right at the Almanaster Louisa <laughs> exit. Uh, again, it's it's work that's being done by the DOTD that's affected the lights. So they had to be deenergized uh, out further uh, on I ten. We have got all the lights lit from the Marsden interchange uh, heading east out to I five ten.
1: Yeah, I noticed that the other day, and it looks great. By the way, <laughs> I mean,
0: great. Know, it's a
1: it, it's amazing how you know you notice those things right away when you're driving down, especially when you. You get old and your eyesight is gone a little bit, right? <laughs> Final thoughts, Rick? I, I apologize to pepper you with questions, but I, we don't always get these opportunities, and I hear a lot about these particular issues that I ask. Final thoughts?
0: Uh, absolutely. I'd like to just add that I know uh, we've had a drainage issue over the past weekend. Uh, we're signing our notice to proceeds for the, Uh, engineer and contractor to begin the drains repair program that the council funded last year. Uh, So they're going to start next week after uh, Mardi Gras. The engineer uh, has been working and uh, we're mapping out uh, sections of the city that need to have uh, drain drain pipe replaced as well as catch basins cleaned and uh, repaired if they're damaged. So uh, hopefully that will get underway and, and the citizens of New Orleans will see a difference there. And then, um, you know, I spoke with uh, your producer and there was mention about the Super Bowl. And obviously we're get, we're going to start getting downtown New Orleans and the French Quarter ready for that.
1: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Best of luck in your new endeavor. We really appreciate you uh, spending time with us this morning.
0: Great. Thanks a lot, New All righty.
1: That's Clinton Rick Hathaway, City of New Orleans, Director of Public Works. He is new to to the job, so that's an update as to where we stand. We'll be right back, folks. When we come back, we'll visit with Kassan Corbin, Director of the Sewage and Water Board.